It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Thursday, July 6th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is all about our listeners today, Russ. Yeah, I like that. We're going to answer all of your mailbag questions on so many topics, so much to cover all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, Russ? Going good. I am excited to get to all of these questions. We're just building such a really cool community over on YouTube, especially in the comments section. And I don't say that lightly. People have some some really good questions out there. We've been getting them via email on YouTube uh, and Twitter. And uh, so we thought we would just do one big mailbag for y'all and, and get to some really good topics. So starting off, uh, Chris White asked us via email, one of the underlying themes from the new leadership has been that they want to build a team that contends for the cup on an annual basis. The subtlety here is that there's a differentiation between making the playoffs and contending. I'm curious how you define that differentiation and how you see those perspectives playing out in the key decisions. Well, I don't think it's so much the word contending. I think it's more the word um, being competitive. Being competitive just means being competitive in games. Being competitive doesn't mean you're in the playoff hunt. So they're in the mode that they want to be competitive. So it goes along with the, we want to be hard to play against. We don't want everybody walking in and and just trouncing us. Being competitive, though, in games doesn't mean you're going to be a good team. And I think that's the line of delineation there. I think that's slightly different, though. I think that is a good differentiation. I think what Chris might be going for here though is the difference between just making the playoffs and actually being able to go on a Stanley cup run. No, no, I know what he's saying, but the team's not saying that. I okay. Team. I'm just giving you what the team is saying. Got it. Saying. Yeah. The difference, but difference between that is great only because there's a mushy middle in this league. That's hard mm-hmm. to get out of. Yeah. And they're going to be stuck in that for a few years. And it could be three to five years that you're stuck in that. There are good teams stuck in that where you don't make the playoffs. You just miss out. And you know what? You could do a lot of different moves. You could do a lot of different drafting. You could have hire a lot of different people. And it's as much of the league changing too, as much as your team. So sometimes they're not, they're, they're not ready for that yet. So I don't even think they're thinking about that yet. Yeah. I think, you know, even just looking at it from the definition I'm thinking of, which may not be what the team was talking about, to your point, uh, but just making the playoffs versus contending for a cup. I think in the NHL, that's one in the same. I think once yeah. you hit the playoffs, as we just saw, Boston got eliminated in the first round. And 
for a lot of people, they were kind of a de facto team that was going to make it to the Stanley Cup final, and they did not. And the NHL in the regular season and the playoffs are two very different animals. And we've seen it over and over again, where teams that are built for success in the regular season can't take that next step. And so for the Flyers, I think it's going to be really important to figure out how to build a team that can do both. Because that's the key here. Can they figure out a way to do both? And, And that's what I think Danny Breyer and Keith Jones are really focused on is how can we draft a team that's well-rounded in order to find success in both types of hockey that the NHL has. Yeah, it's a challenge. All right. So Mario via email uh, wants to know, uh, after watching the playoffs the last several years, I'm wondering why at least one player doesn't just go to the front of the net and stay there either on a line rush or setting up a shot to the point since defensemen under the current rules can't clear the front of the net without taking a penalty. Uh Um, That does seem to be true. Sometimes the, you know, what constitutes a penalty these days, especially goaltender interference. I don't even want to like open that can of worms, but uh, I think that it is a a good question in terms of strategy and, and having a a better net front presence. Right. Well, I mean, if you're five foot ten or below, you're not going to be that guy because you're not going to be able to take a beating. Uh, when the refs aren't looking, guys are getting hit in the back by the goalie, by the player. You're constantly getting pushed. So you do have to be of a certain size to do it. And let's face it, it's not in everybody's repertoire. So easy to say, hard to do, hard to find those guys. Yeah, it really is. And again, you know, that's that's a position that requires a lot of durability, right? And yeah. so by the time you get to the playoffs, some of those guys are are out. <laughs> and it's yeah. uh, it's very frustrating, but I also think that because of the intensity of the playoffs that we were just talking about, it's a, it's a different game. Like being able to stick in that position, net front it is a lot more difficult than in the regular season. It is. All right. Our next question coming from Chris White over on YouTube. Uh, we put our uh, poll question out related to our thousandth subscriber giveaway, and we've been getting some really good feedback on that. We're going to summarize all those results and and get your total feedback on tomorrow's show. So stay tuned for that. But an interesting question that comes up from Chris here saying, if Garnett Hathaway is playing right wing, doesn't he have to be on the fourth line? Assuming the rest of the right side is Konechny, Atkinson, and Forrester, uh, would you have Forrester get less minutes? That doesn't seem to jive with the play the kids theme. I must be missing something. Well, first thing is, you're, you, you know, there's an assumption there that, that Atkinson's going to play and play a lot of minutes. We don't know that yet. The second thing is, somebody's going to switch to the left side and maybe it is Hathaway. It's somebody's going to do it. Uh, they're not going to, you know, put a youngster in that position, but somebody will do it. Probably won't be Atkinson either if he is playing just because of what he's been through. So right. it, it may very well be Hathaway, but that's probably the answer. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on there that somebody is going to get moved over to the other side. Um, you know, obviously we know Scott Lawton has been the guy who's been super flexible with where you put him yes. and he'll, he'll just make it work. Um, uh, so he's already either, uh, a center or, or a left wing, I guess at this yeah. point, 
but uh, I think there's definitely some options for the left side. And um, I completely agree with the point about Cam Atkinson. We have no idea what's going on there, but should he play, they're not going to make him play out of position. I mean, as, as a veteran and as a guy coming back from injury like that, I, I, there's no way that they would do that. But I think, you know, regardless, there should be room for at least one of the younger guys on the right side, like Tyson Forrester. So I'm, I'm not as worried about that. All right. Uh, another question uh, that is very prescient. Why is Cutter Gautier not at development camp? And this is a question we've been getting from a ton of people, not just one. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. it. Um, I think, you know, the prevailing theory out there has been about um, NCAA players not being able to attend more than one development camp. He did attend last year. And so that is a possibility, but we have not heard for sure uh, what the reasoning is this year. And so we don't want to say for sure until we know. Yep. All right, we've got a lot more questions coming up next, and they're almost all about our Flyers prospects. So uh, a good topic for us to be getting into this time of year, and we will do that coming up next. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet than MLB, than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, so we've got more of your mailbag questions coming up right now. And uh, Jerry Johnson uh, on YouTube wanted to know about Matt Vay Mitchkoff. What is his path to learning English and adapting to the culture? It helped Barbashev and Buchnevich a lot. I mean, it's going to take a while. There are guys that come over and they'll learn English. It's going to take two years possibly. And you don't worry about that so much. What you worry about is that the Flyers have a way to communicate with them coach-wise, player-wise, interpreter-wise after a game. As long as they do that, I wouldn't worry about the rest. Hockey does sort of speak for itself and he'll be fine with that. Yeah, I think so too. And especially knowing that it's going to be at least a couple years before he comes over on a regular basis anyway, I think, you know, having an interpreter, of course, should be provided no matter what, if he wants it. But I think that he'll have some time to study over the next couple of years and and get the level of English that that he wants uh, in in order to get going. But uh, hockey is its own language, and I think you know he'll be fine. He's he's a solid hockey player, and he's played international tournaments, so he's been around multilingual situations before. All right, our next question uh, from Riley August via YouTube. Ryan McPherson is playing in the BCHL for one more year before heading off to college. So I'm curious if that makes him eligible to sign with anyone after his junior year as opposed to senior year. Uh, Most people wait till that senior year to be free agent accessible. Uh, Like he can go free agent anytime if the team wants him. 
after, you know, could be after his freshman year, but they, they're not going to do that. They always want these players to develop. He's on a longer development path going to the BCHL and then New Hampshire. So I would expect him to play probably the full three years, and then maybe he would get signed at that point. I don't think it would be any sooner. I don't think it's anything to worry about or think about. Yeah, I don't think so either. And um, I think, you know, he does have that long development path ahead of him, like you said. So I am not worried uh, about that in in particular. The next question uh, from Ryan Benasek. Apologize if I mispronounced your name out there. Uh over on YouTube, how does Mitchkov compare with Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews? I mean, he doesn't. He's different. He he's not going to be at their level. I think he could be at a um, Kaprizov or slightly higher level. So there's things he does like Panarin. There's things he does like Kaprizov, but he doesn't have the physicality that Kaprizov occasionally has, where he's feisty at least. Uh, he's probably going to have a better shot than Kaprizov. And Panarin, I don't know if he'll be the distributor Panarin is. That's why I don't do comps, because he really is his own guy. And so I don't have a good comp for you. even if. So I don't worry about it that way, but you're not getting the next David or, or Austin Matthews. Like, those guys are on a different level. And, you know, he'll be somewhere in that next tier. You know, yeah. whether he could be as good as a Crosby, you know, as a scorer, maybe he's not going to have the all-around impact Crosby did either. So that's going to keep Crosby, you know, ahead of him too, just to put it in perspective. Yeah, I'm also hesitant to make direct NHL comparisons, but um, and I'm not really a ranker either in terms of you know making a top ten list and ranking um, in order. I'm a pyramid person where I like putting things in tiers, and I, I think you're right. I think there is that you know, top of the pyramid tier, which has Connor McDavid in it, which has Austin Matthews in it, um, but, and could potentially have Connor Bedard in it. I think the jury's out on that until we see him play at the NHL level. But I, I do think Mitchkov could be in that next tier and, and maybe even the top of the next tier in that pyramid. Um, it, it'll just depend on how he develops over the next couple of years. And you know, when he comes over, uh, assuming the Flyers are in a good position to help support him, I, I think that'll be key to, you know, where he ends up relative to those guys as well. And like, honestly, nothing would make me happier than to eat my words and have him turn into a Connor McDavid <laughs> eventually. Right. But I, you know, I cannot say that with any certainty right now. No, it's hard. I mean, I watched Connor McDavid play when he was with Yuri and you know, you could see then there was some brewing like, wow, you've never seen anything like this. Yeah. I mean, certainly Mitchkov has the confidence to yeah. to will himself there. He just has to have the hockey part of it to back it up. All right. Uh, another prospect question from Guido Valenti over on YouTube. What do you think about Carter Southern? Um, I looked at the highlights and think we have something there. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to Carter yet, no offense. So I don't really have anything. It was a good year for the dub, so maybe that bodes well for the Flyers, but I'll have to get back to you on it. Sorry. Yeah, with him, I did see uh, – I think uh, I mentioned this when we did our draft recap show a, a little bit, that there were a lot of people that were surprised he was 
wasn't taken sooner in the draft and that he's a guaranteed NHLer for a lot of people. And, you know, sometimes you don't get that out of a fifth round pick, but a lot of people seem to be pretty high on this kid. Uh, You mentioned he he came out of the dub. Um, Yeah. The WHL was on fire this year with draft picks. Uh, And so Southern coming from the Portland Winterhawks, which has a really strong background. It's a really good good history there. Good history, good organization, really good support there. Um, the, the fact that he's also like a bigger guy, he's 6'3 and is already, you know, filled out to a degree, I think mm-hmm. bodes well for his development as a defenseman that he's really going to have to just have his skills grow to to match his frame. Right? right. Yeah, which is a normal thing for big defensemen. Yeah, I th- I think so too. So I'm really excited to get to see him play. Um, we have not seen him as of yet in development camp because he was a little banged up. But uh, I'm hoping to see more from him uh, either at development camp or at the game. Maybe he'll play in the game. Yeah, maybe he'll he'll play in the scrimmage. Um, and then uh, of course we will be following the Portland Winterhawks like a hawk, pun intended. Uh, this upcoming season, just to keep an eye on him. And uh, yeah, I do think there could be something there, though, with him. All right, we've got one more batch of questions to answer for you, and we will do that coming up next. All right, one of our listeners, uh, Shannon Southern, sent us an email with a whole bunch of really great questions, uh, had to narrow it down a little bit, but wanted to get to more than one just because they were all so good. Um, starting off with the, uh, kind of Russian questions here, any info on that Russian goalie, Alexei Kolosov, who we've, uh, drafted last or a couple of years ago now, I think. I mean, other than, you know, we had a nice year, not really. I, I haven't heard much. We heard Danny Briere say he thinks that he's really good. It's been really nothing more than that. It's really hard to tell. Like, again, unless you're a Shesterkin or a Sorokin and you're stoning the big players in the league and you're starting in the All-Star game there, you're not going to hear a lot about the the other goalies. So right now it's it's been kind of quiet. Yeah, I it. it um... I think with goalies that are that are over in Russia in particular, they're hard to keep tabs on yeah. and they're hard to track in terms of development just because some of those teams are very bad. <laughs> and so looking at just pure numbers without actually seeing them play is a difficult way to evaluate them. Yeah, you're right. So again, uh, another player that we're going to try and keep track of more this year, especially because, again, the Flyers drafted multiple goaltenders in yeah. this if draft. If they were international play, sorry, then you know I would have definitely had a good look at them, but there, you mm-hmm. know, there isn't. Yeah, but now we have, you know, instead of just one, we have three goaltenders in the mix as far as younger prospects that we're less familiar with. So we're going to have to keep an eye on, on them and uh, hopefully at least one of those three will hit and, and we'll have another goaltender in the mix for the flyers. Um, speaking of those, uh, she also wants to know, does the newly drafted Russian goalie 
Yegor Zavrigan have any commitments that would keep him in Russia or can he come over immediately? I haven't heard about his contract, to be honest. I'm not sure if you have. I've heard nothing yet. And sometimes those things come to me and someone tells me, but it's not easy to search out. No, I think that, um, again, we've had such problems recently (laughs) with like the KHL and keeping track of the Russian contracts. Now, Zavrigan has been playing in the MHL, the other, um, you know, the lower tier. He may sign something, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Right. Uh, We don't have any um, word that he would be moving up to the KHL. Right now, he's under contract for the same team in the MHL over there. But that could change. Um, I think that, you know, looking at his numbers from this past year, he I think he did well enough in the MHL to move up to the KHL. The MHL is hard to decipher, though. It is. Yeah, I watch MHL stuff, and it's hard to decipher. Yeah, and just the skill level is all over the place, so it it's is. it's kind of hard to from from afar evaluate those goaltenders. But um, really hoping for the best for him on that front. And uh, last question from Shannon: When will we get the Jay O'Brien compensatory pick? There'll be a time, probably in the next two three months, where it'll be awarded to the Flyers. You'll see like a press release, maybe when camp starts or something, but it'll happen. It's just maybe after the free agent period for the NCAA players in August, maybe it'll be after that. Yeah. So it should be in the late second round, like uh, equivalent yeah. to where Jay O'Brien was picked, which I think was 19th overall in yeah. in that draft. So we should be getting the 19th pick in the second round of next year's draft to add to the mix, which is, which is a good mix of picks. I think right now for the Mm -hmm. flyers, Um, you know, I I saw a rankings list come out for next year's draft and I almost had to like, just throw it out the window because like, it's too soon. It's too soon to be, to be ranking these kids. Yeah. Yeah. But um, as of right now, um the the flyers have one conditional pick from columbus in the second round so then we would add that one to it so i'd say we have one and a half second round picks next year yeah and we will get to that and then finally the other big question that a lot of people have right now is will there be any more signings for the flyers I don't think so. I think they really are done. I think there could be a camp invite. That was the feeling around um, the team after, you know, Danny Breer spoke uh, after day two. So nobody's expecting. We know you can't believe a GM, even though he said, well, you know, I got a call. He, he told us a story and I believe him. But in, in general, you don't believe a GM because if something comes up, they'll sign it anyhow if they can. But I just don't think they have the positions or the cap space because they have RFAs that they really need to take care of. Yeah. So I think that's really what it'll be is signing those RFAs that we've talked about, uh, Morgan Frost, Cam York, and now I'm blanking on the third person who we need to get uh, Noah signed. Cates. Noah Cates. Um, and then beyond that, there this are. This is after the D'Angelo thing is finalized, which is July 8th. So you have to right. wait on that. 
Right. And then aside from that, it's going to be Phantoms level contracts that could right. come later. Um, I think Jackson Cates is up for a new contract right now. Uh, a couple other guys. I'll from, probably sign them. Yeah. So they'll, and maybe some of them will get two way deals depending on how many contract spaces we have at that point. But um, yeah, I think it's just going to be kind of filling in the gaps for the rest of the off season. I am curious again, we've talked about it multiple times about the frost and Kate's and York contracts and who's going to get the money and who's going to get the term amongst them uh, for the, for the next go around. York got a new number. So maybe that helps with the negotiations. Now he's number eight. So yeah, maybe. All right. Um, that will do it for the mailbag. This go around, keep those questions coming. Um, we have some off season time to get to them and get to them more often than we normally would. So in order to do that, you can tweet us at lockdown flyers. You can email us at lockdown flyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. Uh, that'll do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we're going to do a development camp recap after the scrimmage game and talk a little bit about you know, Danny Breer's week overall and, and how camp and free agency and all that went for him and, and how he's settling into the GM role. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.